Wrestling fans, this is Washington Prep Radio streaming to you live from ringside of our big Lucha Libre fundraising match. I'm Bryce Henderson here with Renan Fontes to bring you all the bone crunching action of some amazing luchadores, one of whom I'm not worried about at all. It's never gonna fucking end, is it? <laughs> We're going to get to the last episode of season two. And on Apple TV, we're going to see that a 14th episode has been added. <laughs> and it's just going to keep going every single week until we die. It's <laughs> Could you imagine? Because tonight we announce what we're doing next. If we just never get there. We just somehow, they keep producing Corey in the House episodes. And it's all part of season two, right? I feel like if they branched into a season three or a spinoff, you and I could at least say, eh, we did our part. We're good here. But if it's season two and it keeps continuing, we, we, we have can't to wrap do it up. About it. Uh, right. Um, mm-hmm. You actually mentioned uh, our next show. It's June 20th. I don't know if you realize. I do realize. Yeah, we're announcing it tonight. That's right. Are you excited? Yeah, here on the podcast. I'm very, very excited. I've been uh, dying to share with everyone what it mm-hmm. is. What's coming next. Before we do that, um, I want to properly introduce this episode. Is that okay? Yes, that's fine. Okay. Uh, so this is Brace and Ren and Corey in the house. Uh, my name is Brace Henderson. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Uh, today we will, be, we will be discussing uh, Corey in the house season two, episode number 11, which is titled Macho Libre. Thank you, Ren. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so that's what we will be discussing in tonight's episode. Um, and, uh, with that out of the way, Bren, um, first of all, how are you doing? I, I'm tired, but happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Um, I posted on Facebook today, a Facebook status that just says fathers. <laughs> and, did um, like it? did Dune like it? He did not. Um, yeah, I, I think it got about five likes. I like to post things in the territory of, um, did he mean to do that? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then sometimes just like wait to see if there's any reaction that comes of it. Uh, and so I even, I thought about uh, screenshotting it and posting it on my personal Instagram and just saying like putting this here to show that this Facebook status is intentional. Um, I don't think enough people care though for me to put Actually, that effort in. Could you post that onto the uh, Corey in the house Instagram? Sure. I, feel like this would actually be a, a, so an important visual aid for people who watch the episode. Yeah, so they can understand what a Facebook status that just says fathers looks like. Sure. Like, let's imagine in 20 years, mm-hmm. someone, you know, after society collapses, someone manages to get the internet back up, but mm-hmm. they only have access to Bryson, Ren, and Corey in the house. Yeah, great scenario. Or, uh, all right, let's mm-hmm. go with something more realistic. No, I liked it. I, I wasn't I being facetious. Fun. Oh, I, I know, but I actually came up with a better one in my head. Okay, fine. All right. Someone finds, uh, let's say like an iPhone with all of Bryson, Ren, and Corey in the house downloaded onto it. Yes. And I don't know about you, but I actually download every episode onto my phone automatically as it yeah. comes out. Yep. But, uh, and then that person, they, you know, they find, they, 
manage to find like an outlet that works. They charge their phone mm-hmm. and they're listening to Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house. Yep. And they get to this episode. They, they don't know what Facebook is. They've never seen no. it before. Yeah. It's... So they can hop onto Instagram to see the <laughs> post. <laughs> Dang, it's a what a wild world where this individual, you know, post apocalypse and everything. <laughs> Finds this iPhone, don't know, doesn't know what Facebook is, but heck, Instagram made it <laughs> unscathed, made it, made it out alive. Uh, 2041's uh, looking bright. <laughs> the 20-year apocalypse. This is 20 years. A uh, lot can happen. A lot can change in just 20 days, Bryce. Yeah, you're not wrong. Haven't you seen the movie 28 Days Later? I haven't. It's zombies. It is right. zombie. That's a, that's a good movie. Yeah, I would I would say, haven't you seen The Day After Tomorrow, which is sooner than 28 days later? That's only two days away. You're right. I have seen it. That freaked me out as a kid. Yeah, only two days away, we're going to get giant hail balls in, I believe, Japan and wolves walking on ice in New York City. But the thing right. about The Day After Tomorrow is that it's always The Day After Tomorrow. So as long as we're aware of that fact, <laughs> get us. We'll, be, we'll be good if we forget it then it'll sneak up on us at least one person on the planet has to be consciously thinking about the day after day tomorrow for it to not it from happening yeah did you ever watch the movie or did it did it just freak you out when you were younger no i did watch the movie that's why it freaked me out am I, I so younger. so am i correct in that once like post uh storms and everything like that like after all of the weather happens in the movie am i correct that for the last like 30 to 45 minutes the biggest threat is wolves I th- do I, I remember th- that correctly? I vaguely remember this. Yeah, like wolves like chasing people through New York City. Is I'm pretty sure the direction of the movie. Well, like the, the thing about The Day After Tomorrow as a disaster movie is that it keeps going once the disaster's over. Yeah, yeah, great point. Like, think, have you seen 2012? Um, no, no, but that's a, a fam- famous apocalypse-based yes, movie. it is a famous apocalypse movie. I won't, I won't, like, give away much in case you care about the narrative. No, yeah, please, no spoilers for 2012, right? I was, it's on my to-do list, my to-watch list. But, uh, just, j- just the, j- my point is that in 2012, the disaster lasts the entire film. There's no, like, back half where the characters are just like, well, I guess let's <laughs> burn the Bible and hang out with wolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't happen um yeah you would have thought that for like a major blockbuster someone would have said hey let's put some major blockbuster-esque things into the second half of the movie but maybe they felt like the characters and the writing were enough to carry it home the the wolf of it all yeah that was the the wolf on wall street that's what gave him the idea of that yeah because it was a literal wolf on wall street and then leo said because i can assume leo uh wrote and directed that movie as well um he probably said my friend jonah hill let's yes. be on wall street <laughs> let's let's do it then there you go uh we are already pretty off topic tonight ren can you uh, blame us these episodes have been a shit show for like three weeks now yes pre pre-podcast i gave the metaphor that we are in a boat that is slowly sinking <laughs> and has stalled uh and we are going to slowly be like soon probably in the next like week we will be gasping for air but until then, we're just along for the ride. The slow sinking ride that is these these last few episodes of Corey in the House. Um, One of the worst ones yet, too. Macho Libre. So funny you say that. So it, you and I, uh, I think, or maybe you did say it right right off the bat, but you said that you like Corey Mania. 
Yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a state of Cory mania. Yes. So I, I think I'm so deep in that I don't even care anymore. The quality of this to me, I was okay with. <laughs> I, I was like, this is a fine episode compared to what we've been getting. Like, Once I break it down to you, your illusions <laughs> will fade away. I don't know. New, I mean, Newt carried this thing on his back. Poor guy. <laughs> that, that's the thing about this episode. That's the thing about this season, actually. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that. A, a, re- a recurring element of this season has been when, th- when the jokes land, they're pretty funny. And every episode generally does a good job of having something funny. Mm-hmm. Even, like, the really, really dire ones. I feel like I walk away laughing, like, at least once. Which wasn't happening with season one. Absolutely not. The, yeah. The trade-off, however is that these episodes on a whole are a significantly lower quality, Mm -hmm. both in terms of like character writing and pacing. Just, it it makes me, it makes me feel like season one had a specific charm that I just never realized. Yes. Until you never know you're in the glory days until they're over. Right. As one Andy Bernard once said, yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, Elto is, like, just to throw this out there, and I think important for us to recognize before we talk too much about the episode, did Candy get Cory in the house canceled? She might have. Is, is Candy the reason why Cory in the house got canceled? Or did Cory in the house get canceled, and as a result, they said, let's give him more candy? So, from my understanding, mm-hmm. the way that the writer's strike happened with Disney Channel shows, the shows weren't necessarily canceled right away so much as they were put on hiatus yes so hannah hannah montana came back for multiple seasons after the writer's strike and i believe so did zach and cody Mm -hmm. i feel like these candy episodes would have been written before the strike and eventually airing essentially you get a season so basically during the writer's strike year Mm -hmm. people who were watching disney channel got a season two of Corey in the house that was pretty much dedicated to his relationship with Candy that was filmed and aired out of continuity, so much so that the writers actually had to acknowledge this in the last stretch of episodes. Yeah. She's, she's basically the Corey's A-plot in every single episode mm-hmm. and has been since, I want to say, Who Let the Dolls Out? Yeah. And that was yeah. like the fifth episode of this season. She's gotten, I feel like, more screen time and storylines than Newt or Mina combined all season long. She has, by virtue yeah. of being part of Corey's story. Yeah. And I feel like Candy would would come off so much worse if we hadn't done a break to do Dolly Day and Hannah Montana. Oh my gosh, I'd be so, so tired of all things. I'm already sick of her. I need her off my screen. She's my least favorite character. Mm-hmm. She's act- It's not a good show, but she's actively ruining what <laughs> little I can enjoy of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let's, are you ready for Macho Libre? I do, but if I have to hear Seabear one more time, I'm going to go mm-hmm. insane. Uh, well, so the episode starts. Uh, <laughs> we got Seabear who wants to watch a new Rap and Dragon movie. Dragon uh, of the Hood. Yeah, he... Um, pitches this movie he's pitching it to newt and mina and he like pretends to beatbox and then growl like a dragon Corey can't beatbox right did you catch this at all and i'm not even talking like 
beatbox like someone in an acapella group would like that's a whole different level of skill and yeah. talent i'm talking boots and cats well the thing that stuck out to me was just Corey's pitch the mm-hmm. horrible beatboxing and the dragon roar yeah i mean it's not very convincing any way to sell a movie to your friends no um like uh like do you want to go see uh the day after tomorrow uh ah it's raining Grr! Ah! <laughs> yeah. a- are you interested <laughs> is that a, a big pitch well what's in theaters right now right now a uh, quiet place too uh do you want to sure. do you want to go watch a quiet place too mm-hmm. shh, shh. i did two times uh <laughs> place too <laughs> Uh, no, see, that doesn't make me want to see it any more than I previously did want to see it. Why? Yeah. I don't, so Corey's, yeah, Corey's logic is flawed. It's fundamentally flawed. Uh, what is a, if there's something that you really do want to see and you want to convince someone else to see it, like what, what should Corey have done here to get his friends to want to go see Dragon in the Hood? Hey, Nude and Mina, a new movie came out called Dragon in the Hood that I really want to see. Do you want to come see it with me tonight? Sure, Corey. We're all friends and hang out often. Thank you for asking us. Yeah, that sounds pleasant. Uh, if only Corey had tried that line. Um, Mina is like, as much as I'd like to see your rapping dragon movie, which uh, the line is delivered all in a way. Um, she's like, as much as I'd want to do that, we already promised that we'd go help the school pick out a new fundraiser. Corey brings up a good point. I thought Why so does too. We'll need so much damn money. Why does it? It's we're talking about a school where, like, many children of politicians and world leaders go. So why does the school need to fundraise? I mean, they can drain a little cash out of uh, Ambassador Perum. Why not, <laughs> Chef Victor? Oh. Pay up. <laughs> yeah, that's like I feel like Perum has more financially to offer than like Prum's in a better financial position to donate to this school than someone like Victor, correct? But they all have to donate. But they all have to. Yes. Uh, so uh, Candy's, it was Candy's idea to come up with this fundraiser thing. And Corey's like, oh, don't worry. I'll convince Candy to go to the movie instead of dealing with this fundraiser thing. Oh, but someone else is dealing with Candy. That's right. A brand new foreign exchange student named Juan Carlos. One guess what country he's from. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we are about to spend a whole episode dealing in, um, again, white writer's perspective of Mexican culture. You know that episode of The Office where Oscar comes back and Michael <laughs> throws him just like a mariachi party? I do. That's basically yes. this entire episode. That <laughs> energy carried, but with sincerity. Yeah. All in on it. Um, well, not with sincerity, because there's no love for Mexican culture here. There definitely like, isn't. There's no even, like, feigned love. No. Nope, it's just, let's bar- like, borrow this, take that, and make an episode of Cory in the House. Yes. Um, yes, we meet uh, Juan Carlos here. Uh, great person. Is there any reason for us to not like this character? He is flirting with the girl who Corey refuses to define his relationship with. Mm-hmm. So That's we should, it. yeah, we should not like him because of it. He, uh, we see him reciting a poem to Candy. 
right, in Spanish, and she's taken with it, rightfully so, because Corey's probably never uh, said anything really nice to Candy. So Corey, you know, Corey's the kind of guy who spits before he talks. They they always cut it out of the show itself, but you can tell. You can see a little bit of saliva on the edge of his mouth. Yeah, that Red, you caught me off guard with that. <laughs> that description of Corey. I wasn't really sure where you're going. Uh still not really sure where you went with it. But <laughs> yeah, Corey's he's like a is he a spit talker? I'm like I'm just saying it's just a, it's a nasty well, habit. So like spit talker implies like you talk and as you're talking, you're talking aggressively and there's spit like Look, Lion. okay, imagine you're but talking he to Corey. spits before he talks, right? He's, you're, you say something to Corey, he spits on the ground, and then like he Like a cowboy. Something. You say something back, he spits on the ground again, then he says yes, something. Yes, and then he says it. So yeah, that's you get sick of that pretty fast. Yeah, nasty okay. habit. Um, so Juan Carlos doesn't do that. Definitely doesn't, no. Spit. Yeah. <laughs> so Corey claims that his girl, uh, claims that's his girl. He's like, oh, this is, like, what are you doing? This is my girl. And um, Candy's like, oh, well, this is confusing because you are also the one who always says that you don't want to mess up our relationship with titles. I thought we resolved this last week. Like three weeks in a row, in a row we've resolved this, Ren. Why? Why? Why yeah. do we keep going back to this well? <laughs> We're getting thrown into their emotional relationship turmoil again, and it's the same turmoil. It's not even varied. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't understand why the Corey and the house writers latched onto this so intensely <laughs> give me dc3 this, this was the real winner mm-hmm. this was the best plot they could come up with candy out of everything for to fill like six or seven episodes of season two let's give them candy let's not acknowledge dc3 let's make mina um essentially a background character it makes me wish Corey never got over his crush on Mina. Me too. I wish that that was n- never resolved. I would but, rather be stuck in the doldrums of season one than here where we are at now. This is one of those rare instances where changing the status quo really fucked things over in the long run. It did. Um, so Juan Carlos goes to kiss Candy's hand. Corey quickly takes it away and uh, Juan Carlos kisses Corey's hand as well. Um, that's they when they have that. Ew, boy. Yeah. Yes, which is, yeah. The, the late two thousands were such a different time, huh? Uh, definitely. Yeah, I also like. Ev- yeah, everything about about that was strange. That like interaction, like you said, them being like, oh, ew. Um, there was another moment like that during Mina's. Uh... Yes, and I yeah. You, you I know exactly it? which what okay, the line excellent. is. Glad, yeah. you, glad you jotted it down. Okay, then we don't have to go out of order. Uh, so then Corey shouts alone in the quad while Candy and Juan Carlos walk away. Because so uh, Juan Carlos is like, oh, I'm sorry. Is this, uh, I'm sorry, Candy. Like, is this your boyfriend? And yeah, Corey's he, like, uh, no. Juan Carlos, like most people wouldn't even have the courage to say, to ask something no. that awkward to someone's face. Yeah. And he's doing yeah. it in a very like civil manner. He's not so being polite. Snarky. He genuinely wants to know if he's stepping on someone's toes. Corey's like, no, you're not stepping on, on anyone's toes. Don't worry. Candy, rightfully so offended. It's like, all right, we're going to go. Um, she leaves with her own colors. And then Corey shouts alone in the quad for about a minute. She's like long gone at this point, And yeah. he's still shouting. Which is, yeah. 
Is it surprising that the, uh, not to uh, spoil the end, but the big fight scene at the end is well attended by members of the school community? I was actually surprised at how many background extras they had by the end, because I really mm-hmm. felt like the budget was thin <laughs> all throughout. There's yes, one but- scene with Corey and Newt later on where it really looks like they put them up against a wall and told them not to walk too far <laughs> down. So um, we get our B plot here. This saves the episode, right? You. This was a positive for you. No, I'm kidding. Oh, uh, thank, that's sarcasm. thank God. This feels like there's scenes missing from it. Like this was an A plot, which they had to reassemble for a B plot. Bryce, it's so funny you say that. Mm-hmm. Because my first thought as I was watching the episode was that the writers clearly wrote uh, an episode where Newt, Corey, and Mina get together in a band where they're all the focus. Someone remembered mm-hmm. they're already in DC3, so they had to scrap and rewrite the whole thing for Sophie, Tanisha, and Haley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get what... Um... Okay, no, so this isn't the scene yet, but it's coming. There's one scene that I feel is is the worst scene that we've received in Corey in the House yet, but this is not it yet. It is coming in our B-plot. I, I know the one you're talking um, about exactly. So they are trying to come up with something cool and fun for the talent show. Ren, what would you suggest as something cool and fun for the talent show? Ice cream is cool and fun. Yeah, that's what Haley says. So Haley has candy disease. Um, remember, candy uh, a couple of weeks ago only talked about pizza. Um, that's right. That weird episode where... They yeah. tried to give Candy uh, another personality trait. Yes, and so Candy only talked about pizza for a solid uh, 21 minutes of airtime. And here they said, what do we want to give Haley? Let's give her the same thing. This time she'll only talk about ice cream the entire episode. Do you think like big pizza and big ice cream are slipping Disney checks? And this this has Ben and Jerry's notes. Yeah, Ben and Jerry's written all over it. Yes, um... It was wild. Uh, yeah, there's that end scene where Haley looks straight into the camera and says, go out and buy yourself a pint of Americone Dream today. Uh, it was in that moment that I thought, huh, something's off. Something's Corey weird. in the house really sold out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're not going to do ice cream, which I don't even know what that would be as a talent show uh, piece. You and put so a little ice cream in your hands, you clap. <laughs> <laughs> the ice cream gets everywhere yeah it's like blue man group where they uh like launch twinkies everywhere it's kind of like that they hand out the ponchos and then they just clap and ice cream just mm-hmm, we can uh so if we ever do a live live show, show we'll sell tickets to the cream zone yes <laughs> ah! okay uh they're gonna sing they're gonna sing uh Bryce, three best friends in a group together now that's cool and fun yeah it is and strangely familiar Mm-hmm. Really familiar. And so Victor, they're like, but what should we name the band? And that's when Victor comes in. He's holding a plate of cupcakes. He says, uh, pink cupcakes. And they're what like, oh, pink holding cupcakes. Something like hot scallops. <laughs> Boiled uh, scrog. <laughs> Boiled scrog. You know, you give these little girls playing a boiled scrog mm-hmm. tobacco. Sock soup. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sock soup or what else would be goofy? Uh, Cheeto puffs. Um, so anyway, so they're gonna go with the name Pink Cupcakes as their singing group name. 
Victor says, I was going to make green, but pink is more festive. Festive for what? Easter? Easter's the only thing I could think of that has pink as a color. Valentine's Day. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think of like red for Valentine's Day. Red and pink. You got all the shades. Mm -hmm. So that's, it must be close to Valentine's Day. This episode aired in July. Sure. Realistically, it could have been written at any point in time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So our A plot, uh, Candy, Newt, sorry, uh, Mina, Newt, and Corey are all meeting to discuss the fundraiser anyway. Which seems odd to me that Candy is not there and that without Candy, they were like, eh, we'll still go on and discuss the fundraiser. Well, they broke up and Mina mm-hmm. is there, so they gotta give her something to do. Yeah, so it's like, let's do a scene with her. And Newt, Newt suggests a candy drive. Corey finds that that's a personal attack. <laughs> um, and Mina gives us the insight here that Candy went on a vacation to Mexico and fell in love with the culture. That's right. Candy loves mm-hmm. Mexican culture and Juan Carlos most of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems it's funny to me that line because it seems like uh, that's what happened to one of the writers. Um, so... I they, they went to Mexico on vacation, came back, love <laughs> loves Lucha Libre now. Yes, fell in love with a young man named Juan Carlos. <laughs> Clearly working through those feelings here. And so Corey says the exact line: "She likes Mexico." Then I'll give her Mexico. I honestly expected something involved with the actual, like, country of Mexico. Like, Corey gets the, you know, Corey flies in. Oh my gosh, that would have been... Invades, takes over. You know, classic Corey in the house. Something that that involves the White House. Yes, Uh, that did not even cross my mind. Um, they just haven't been using the premise at all that it's no it used to be a point that we used to discuss all the time yes but they don't use the setting so it doesn't matter anymore why bother bringing it up no Corey just lives in a house that happens to be in a city uh that's to be a white house yes uh no that would have been fantastic right they bring in um like a representative from mexico who helps uh, juan carlos yeah i i don't know where it goes from there but um, that, that, that's at least something. And yeah, I was, I, I, in my mind, like I was about, this is about to go so rough. Um, like what is Corey giving candy Mexico mean? It, um, could have, it really could have been anything. I, I, so I was thinking in my head of like, I was like, okay, this is going to be, um, a lot of the more like pop culture related stereotypes that were going down. Um, this is about to get so rough and it I, I would say it goes for like a less popular stereotyped um i think nacho libre had just come out or something yeah, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. cory and the house yes. writers were like all right that's mexico that one of the writers went on vacation to the movie theater and fell in love with nacho libre his uh, favorite latino actor is jack black jack black <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so he says this line, then I'll give her Mexico. Newt, I, LOL here, I, I thought it was funny. Uh, Newt says, now that's a nice gift. Uh, right, Newt, so, you know, Newt, Newt's, this is one of the weeks that Jason Dolly didn't have to film something else, so he was on game. He was all in. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I thought this line was pretty good. 
Um, there, there are a few fun, really funny lines in this episode. Yeah. There was, enough, so, there was one bit in particular later on that got a big laugh out of yeah. it. <laughs> All right, here we go. I don't... This scene, Ren, this B-plot scene... Why? What a whole point. This, this whole sequence Excruciating. took off like two or three whole points for me. Mm-hmm. Really I, like, it reminded me of uh, the Secret Service recap. Oh, the, um, in the, the doll episode? Yes. Uh, we, shit, that was our lowest rated one, right? Yeah. Who let yeah, the doll out? 15 minutes of the Secret Secret Service moving the doll around to scare Corey after we had just watched all these events unfold. I don't, um, I don't need to have the same joke repeated multiple times, let alone so, in rapid fire succession. Someone, uh, a famous acting coach once told me, Ren, that uh, things are funniest uh, in the rules of three. That's right, bro. When you get it three times. What? I was just saying, when you get it three times, it, that's when the humor is peak. That's true. Uh, that's actually a philosophical term coined by actor Dennis Staroselsky. Uh, no one Shout had ever Dennis. used or thought about comedy in terms of three before. Mm-hmm. Until then. And he was like born in like the 70s, right? So recent. Yeah. It's an original. I, hope, I yeah. hope he was born in the 70s. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what the sequence that we are talking about here for those who are not in the know uh which is i assume most of our audience because if you are watching along with us you would not be listening to us as well uh (laughs) so (laughs) right and run after hours yeah so uh this sequence so we get our b plot so it's sophie Haley, and tanisha the three best friends they're doing a singing group they are dreaming about thousands of people screaming our names okay and now we get a sequence of them in costume wearing pink wigs um, and, and saying to the crowd, dresses. yes, uh, they're saying to the crowd. So first we get Sophie. It's Sophie in the middle with Haley and Tanisha on either side of her. Sophie says, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And my girls, thank you too. Uh, kind of like in a, a passive way, right? Yeah. Um, like I'm the star uh, and my girls are here too. Okay. Um, we now get... So Tanisha's like, oh, I think it might be more like this. And so we get the same sequence, exact same line, except Tanisha's now in the middle and Sophie is one of the girls on the side. Okay. Um, Finally, five hours later, Haley says, actually, I think it's going to be something more like this. Haley then is in the middle. Uh, She says the line and then she gets two ice cream cones in, in both hands and begins licking them. Classic rule of threes. <sighs> it just goes to show that you mm-hmm. can do everything right and still create an unfunny joke. Well, that's because, so for rule of three to function, the first joke needs to not be f- hilarious by any means, needs to be workable. And then it also, you had already said it, but does it can't be one right after the other right after the other. Well, the thing right. about a rule of threes joke, too, is that the first two iterations are set up for the payoff. Mm-hmm. So you have to you, you have to make it snappy and punchy, and it has to engage the audience in a way where they might not even necessarily catch the rule of three until it's just about to happen or has happened, which at yeah. that point, you've already they've already laughed. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing to worry about. You don't get this awkward, you know, what the hell are they doing? 
as the scene drags out for two minutes and these little girls just keep reiterating the exact same dialogue and thank you thank you mannerism. thank you everyone and my girls thank you too it it really feels like they were running out of like physical footage in the camera and had to make some compromises all right we're gonna shoot these scenes really really quickly so get ready okay you're just gonna and swap in and all do your lines there's like then this awkward so then they argue about oh like why would you be in the middle so uh tanisha feels that the tallest would be in the middle and that's tanisha Haley feels that the talent would be in the middle and that Haley thinks that's her and then sophie feels that the one with the idea would be in the middle rand who is right here just so you and i can kind of determine this bryce you three who deserves to be in the middle in those three who deserves to be in the middle yeah on stage oh, they, they need to pick a showman you know they're going about this the wrong way they have to choose the person with the loudest personality feel yeah. it out this isn't something so, you decide in one conversation so but then i would argue so just based on we only have these two criterias ren we can't think outside of the box here the tallest that's mo- one with the most talent or the one with the who came up with the idea who's going in the middle bryce there are some variables we can't prove here we don't know. Oh my for God, sure. Red, give me an answer. Right, I'm need trying an to work here. this out in a scientific way where we get to a conclusion that our audiences will be satisfied with. I don't think All right, that's fine, fine. All right, I'll give you a minute. I'll give you a minute. Go, do it. Fine. Okay. All right. So we can't exactly prove that Tanisha is the tallest. She's the tallest now. She might not be the tallest tomorrow. Children mm-hmm. grow fast. Likewise, Haley might not be the most talented. She just had an ice cream dream sequence. And we know from previous episodes that she is insane. And who knows that Sophie had the idea? She steals all the time. You know, it could have been Martinez's idea. Okay. So who's going in the middle? <laughs> There's three of them. You line them up. Someone has to be in the middle. Who? Let's go with Sophie, since she's the only one building the No, that's a terrible choice. She is the shortest. <laughs> she is, so she's the shortest. That's right, I so think... she won't have any power visually on the sides. Okay, so but... In the you... middle, that way Tanisha and Haley anchor the sides. Your issue, though, with Tanisha being in the middle was that she's the tallest now, she might not be forever. Sophie's the shortest now, she might not be forever. And then I decided that shorter in the middle is better than taller in the middle aesthetically. But Sophie could be taller in the middle any day now, the day after tomorrow. Yes, we can always rotate who the shortest is. We can't always rotate the tallest. I think, okay, the talent needs to be in the middle. We don't know that Haley is the talent. So, the. I'm not the, taking our value. I believe of the three. She is the most talented because we've seen uh, Tanisha have a birthday party and it was a bike birthday party. We saw Haley have a birthday party and it had no theme. All right. So you're kind of defeating yourself here. No, 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 no. It didn't need a theme because she was the star and she she sung for them after she was talented enough what kind of talented child can't come up with a theme it's not her your child doesn't always plan their own birthday party ren bryce you're forgetting one very important detail yeah what's that you show one class president so she's most popular right uh i mean i would i would say of the three tanisha is the more popular 
So now are you saying the most popular Tanisha should be in the middle? All right, here's what I'm saying. Popular Tanisha mm -hmm. on the left. That way, because your eyes naturally go left. Left. And then so you that way people like a book. Yeah, so people will see Tanisha right away and they'll think, mm -hmm. okay, tall, popular. Mm -hmm. All right, what's going on in the middle? The shortest yeah. one. They'll think, all right, kind of a dip, but aesthetically, I get it. <laughs> and then the arc, the rise up to Haley, back a little mm -hmm. bit taller. They think, all right, talented mm -hmm. on the right. You know, she hasn't really proved it yet, but if she was the talent, <laughs> this would be where to put her. Okay. I just really big disagree here, right? <laughs> I I cannot possibly not put Haley, who claims to be the most talented, in the middle. A claim is a claim. Let's see her in action. So, but we don't have that. We don't have that to work off of. We have only what we've seen and what we know about Haley. Ex and Haley yeah, says thing, she's we the don't, most talented. We know less about Haley than we do Tanisha and Sophie. You're going. Okay. You're going with. You're you're putting a lot of stock. Into into Haley. Okay, so tell me what about realizing what you're doing? What about Sophie and Tanisha makes you think that they are middle material? Versus, like, would you rather go with them who you know duds versus a wild card, a possible chance of someone who has talent? Bryce, Haley's depiction of talent tonight was ice cream. That's yeah. Okay, I don't know. I, I don't trust her. So. When people need to take care of their voice and they're on bed rest, they eat a lot of ice cream. But you don't eat it before you sing. It's dairy. Okay. In this scenario, Haley would be eating the ice cream mm -hmm. on stage mid-song. Is okay. that really the se the vocalist you want to be highlighting? Center stage. I Saliva, mean... mucusy, guttural <laughs> singing. Yeah. It is. Okay, fine. Can we compromise and put Tanisha in the middle? You want to put Tanisha in the middle. You want to go. You want to go tallest in the middle. <laughs> yes. Bryce, the aesthetic. What are you doing? It's like, so she might not be the tallest forever, right? Sophie. Okay. Okay. And... I, I will. I will compromise with you on this, but you have to compromise with me on the compromise. That's fine. Tanisha yeah. To, I... Tanisha has to be sitting down. Um. So she's equal height. Yeah. But she doesn't dance then with the other two. I don't care. She can use her hands. And if she sits like in a comfortable enough way, she can even like move her legs around and stuff, do a little sway. Uh, she just needs to sit there. What kind of a chair? It could like uh, she could bring like a lawn chair? chair. You know, it could be a lawn chair. It could be a bean bag. You know, she could put a little pillow down, a futon. Yeah, bean really bag would be nice. All right, Tanisha's in the middle on a chair. So that's, I don't know why they didn't just come to that, but they can't, they couldn't figure it out. They fought. It was uh, such is, an easy solution too. It seems silly. Yeah. I don't know why they just didn't, you know, talk it through like you and I just did. Um, uh, they then have a dance off. Like they have a dance off, Ren. This was also excruciating. Is it funny or is it meant to be good moves? I didn't know. I, the, I didn't know. I just the knew that I wanted to stop. Yeah. Um, and so we get a dance move from Tanisha, uh, the tallest. We get a dance move from Haley, the most talented. And then Sophie has Al tell the girls that they have to leave. So Al is like the Secret Service agent. Um, is it an abuse so of uh, presidential power? Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Al is a character in this episode. I feel like we've seen or heard from Al before. I feel like the name Al is familiar mm -hmm. in the context of Corey in the house. Something we probably should have tracked. 
Yeah, but the Secret Service respect. agents, they don't pop up out often enough. No. No. Um, okay. Let's move on from this scene, because uh, Juan Carlos is serenading Candy in the quad. Uh, Candy says, your mariachi is mariachi. I... They don't care anymore. They've given up. Are you sure, Ren, that they gave up? Because I'm what I'm going to tell you here might change your mind. Okay. Okay. So what if I told you that now Corey, in a full-on luchador... Um, Mexican wrestling outfit comes hurling into the quad, screaming. People th- uh, run away. They're scared, visibly scared. He then takes some textbooks off of a table and throw them on the ground. Uh, does that... Uh, that feels like effort. Effort? <laughs> Th- this would feel so much more inspired and creative if it wasn't so blatantly inspired by Nacho Libre. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's, it's the kind of parody ripoff that's, it's too close to its source to feel like anything but derivative in like terms of satire. Yeah. Cause then this, this next scene or this next line definitely um, felt Nacho Libre-esque where uh, Corey tells Candy and, and Juan Carlos that he has been practicing um, Lucha Libre and he is like a, a uh, Mexican dip. He's got plenty of layers, seven layers to be exact. Uh, and he names them. It's like sour cream and beans. And he asks Juan Carlos how many layers there were. And he <laughs> says five or six layers. It is very Nacho Libre-esque. The, like, the joke structure, it's very unlike Corey in the house. Yeah. Uh, I bet one of the writers was was like watching Nacho Libre as they were trying to write the joke. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so... Corey is like, well, Juan Carlos, now that you know the truth about me, it is okay if you flee in fear. But Juan Carlos happens to be a luchador. Uh, and he is a junior uh, uh, lucha libre champion of all of Mexico, he says. And he's been looking for a worthy opponent and wants to meet Corey in the ring. Corey is about to get a beat down, right? And the show has no uh, fear in setting this up. They are ready for us to watch Corey um, get beaten down. So, Bryce. Yes. I, I do have to point out something about Lucha Libre before we go on to Corey's beat down. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Lucha Libre, it is considered extremely poor form to unmask yourself. It's let alone in public. The fact oh. that Corey openly removed his mask... Mm-hmm. to show have been telling Bryce it's not good it's not looking good for Corey I'm being honest no and he's uh he's accepts well at first he's hesitant to accept the fight Candy's like this is ridiculous Corey just admit that you're jealous and this can all be over Corey's like I don't want to admit that and so uh because of that Candy's like fine since you won't admit you're jealous I won't be worried and you can fight Juan Carlos uh, so they decide that they will each choose a partner and meet in the ring. Right. This literally is just Nacho Libre at mm-hmm. this point. And you never would have thought that this was like a real storyline that we would be getting in Corey in the House. Right. How does this use the White House setting to the best of its advantages? Uh, Tell me. Is there is there actually anything at all about this episode that is White House specific? 
Uh, Martinez uses some pretty powerful privilege at the end of the episode to get some strings pulled. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get there. Yes. Okay. So Candy builds an entire wrestling ring in the gym. Which we're in meant an hour. to believe. Yeah, happened in an hour. Right? She said she would have done it faster, but she only has two hands. And it's going to be the school. We learned that this beatdown is going to be the school's fundraiser. And is... all the kids are going to get their macho jollies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we knocked out two yaks with one potato. We get Mina's yak line. Uh, that, that one felt like senioritis to me. Just got to get through <laughs> all work. Quick, Mina's in this scene. What should we have her say? Uh, let's give her a yak line. And something to do with a potato. potato? Alright, we don't got yeah. time to think about this. No. Uh, Newt comes in, literally stumbling around. <laughs> like, Newt enters the scene and his initiation is what's up, Corey? Like, this so is... Corey's just casually walking through the gym? Bryce, this is the scene I was telling you about where it looks like <laughs> they were told to stand by the wall and not step forward too much, <laughs> otherwise they'd reveal that the uh-huh. entire set was empty. Yeah. Oh, but here he is. They stumble in. Uh, Corey's like, uh, not much. Uh, I have to do um, this dumb wrestling match. And so Newt's like, oh, uh, I'll be your partner. I've never lost a match. Bryce, what did, did, you, did you realize what was happening immediately? Or were you confused? I, so I gotta be honest, and this is why it was a bright spot in the episode, This the Newt aspect here, is I didn't know where this was going. I knew, obviously, that Newt was not um, an undercover wrestler. Yeah. I knew that that was not a skill that he had and would not make sense for this to be something that he did. Um, but I didn't know the direction that it was taking us in. And so... As he continued to talk, I was like, oh, what are these hints we're getting? Newt says things like, oh, I've pinned opponents twice my size, even two at a time. Um, Which has me thinking, I'm like, what is he talking about, Newt? Like, what are you saying? And then uh, he said, uh, Corey tells Newt, here's the plan. You go in the ring, pin your dude, and then you pin my dude. And then when it's completely safe, I'll come in. I'll take all the glory. Newt's like, why do you have to get? Uh, why do you have to get all the glory? Corey's like, you don't like glory. And Newt says, oh yeah, I like chocolate. And scene. Um, I really feel like Newt would have become brain dead by the end of season three. <laughs> yeah, the um, both the oh yeah, I like chocolate line made me laugh. And uh, honestly, Newt's entrance here and being like, what's up, Corey? Uh, both had me laughing quite a lot. The What's Up Corey also had me laughing, but yeah. just because everything about the scene, it felt so... <laughs> we got it. We got to get through this. <laughs> yeah. Corey needs a partner. Who's, who's his partner? Who's his partner? Ah, let's give him Newt. Why not Mina? Mina hasn't done anything for weeks. Ah, let's give him Newt. Uh, and here we are. But that's okay. They do give Mina something. Uh, but before we get there, uh, it's time for Sophie's talent show. Uh, so this is... Martinez shows up here. Out of the blue. We haven't seen him all episode. That's right. He shows up ready to uh, cause his typical Martinez mischief. Mm-hmm. 
he's he's about to pull some strings. He first tells Sophie, Sophie's like, what are you doing here? I told you the pink cupcakes broke up. And he's like, well, um, like I came to like give, give a little help or like give a little push or whatever. And so that's when Al walks over with uh, Haley and Tanisha uh, in hand. So I, I have to be honest about this sequence. Mm-hmm. I think this is the angriest I've been at Martinez in pretty much ever. Oh, really? Re- this to me, this really, is the breaking point, Ren. Like this is this is the ca- the straw breaking the camel's back to mm-hmm. be like concise. <laughs> because imagine that once again, you are a parent of a student at Washington Prep. You pay sure. an exorbitant amount of money to you know educate your child here. You go to their talent show. Your daughter is playing a beautiful rendition of Oh Susanna on a recorder. The president of the United States <laughs> walks in with his Secret Service agent, sits down, starts loudly talking at regular conversation volume to his daughter, while his yeah. Secret Service agent walks over, takes two little girls away from their perfectly fine uh, seats, moves them over to worse seats than they had, and then proceeds mm-hmm. to have another full-length at regular volume conversation where he insults the girl playing the recorder, insults the talent at the talent show, and then basically encourages these three girls to get together at the last minute to enter the show in an attempt to basically win it under from everyone's noses, basically the way that Corey won the competition from Stanley. This, so, this, it's the him talking throughout the talent show that I didn't consider. (laughs) It was the first thing that, like... (laughs) caught caught that caught me yeah well so because here's the thing so i would agree if it weren't for the fact that there's about a whopping eight other people in the audience um so no no there's a fair amount of parents in the audience (sighs) there's about as many there's about as many people in this audience as there is in the luchador one which is just to to convey that there's a scale i don't i don't know about that one i I counted i counted but it's clearly meant to be a room full of parents. Like, it's, yes. it's regardless if it's a small room, it doesn't change the fact that Martinez is talking throughout a, a performance at regular volume. And honestly, isn't it a little worse if it's an intimate small group? Mm-hmm. I it's think not it's better. Um, I get, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a poorly attended talent show. Um, <laughs> and so I'm looking at a picture right here. I said eight. It is more than that. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, and then we have another row, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So we got like 16 people watching that's, this talent show. That's at least, like, let's say, let's give them the benefit of that. Let's say that those are eight fam- like eight families for eight kids. Okay. That's eight yeah. families' nights being interrupted by the president of the United <laughs> States. Mm-hmm. Those are 16 potential voters who are not going to vote for Martinez next month next year and who are also mm-hmm. going to tell their friends at the country club not to vote for him because mm-hmm. he's an inconsiderate jerk. So, and like, so here's where I'm at also. So the other thing is you're stuck on this being the worst thing he's done. He did show up to his daughter's bring your father to work day. Uh, no. Essentially throw a temper tantrum about a poor donut man. I said this is the camel that breaks the straw's back. Okay. The straw that breaks the camel's back. Okay, so this isn't, this isn't the worst thing he's done. This is just the final worst thing he's done. This, this encapsulates just what, of a, what a petty, con- inconsiderate and careless man he is. 
He doesn't acknowledge his surroundings. He doesn't recognize that the people of the United States that he represents are people. Yeah. You know, he everything he does, he does for his daughter, which in mm-hmm. any other sitcom would be a very admirable trait. But this is the president of the United States actively abusing what power he has in for in consistent forms of nepotism. Mm-hmm. It goes beyond just <laughs> Martinez, you know, talking and upsetting a few families. It's it's part of the pattern. It's part of the cycle. Yeah. And this is also Sophie's mom is nowhere to be seen here. She left him for the meat man. Yeah. The, the cheese man. Fur, yeah, further verifies that he she's gone. She's out of the picture here. Um, yeah, so the, the pink cupcakes, Martinez talks to them um, throughout the talent show. Uh, not seen, but I'm sure he also probably brings a big bag of chips and opens it and starts <laughs> munching aggressively like the cookie monster. Opens a can um, of soda, but he shook it up a bit <laughs> too much, so it sprays everywhere. And then lastly, he reenacts uh, the uh, episode of The Office titled The Play, or Andy's Play, uh, in which he brings balloons that he lets go and they pop on the ceiling and then he drops a glass bottle. That is season three. Epi- that is season seven, episode three of The Office for everyone who wants to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so he he does all of that, and then finally the girls are like, "Do you know what? Like, it was really petty of us to fight about who's in the middle. Like, let's just go up there." And so, luckily, Al brings in the uniform, the costumes, or whatever, and they go up there. And I'm glad that the show made a joke of this. Uh, Me we too. find out, yeah, we find out that uh, jokes kind of on them. After all this arguing about who's going to be in the middle, they never actually practiced. And so their talent show performance is just them saying thank you. The beat of silence after the thank yous actually got a really good laugh out of me. Mm -hmm. It was just like Corey in the house never commits to the silence long enough. But this was the rare instance where they actually did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was good. And I appreciate that the show didn't have them go and like start to sing a song or whatever, just for the sake of it. I'm glad the show recognized that they never practiced. So, um, all right. Here in this next scene, Mina is given the most lines that she has received, I think, in any episode of Corey in the House. And uh, are they problematic? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they are. You know, it kind of, this kind of casts Mr. Michelle and the whole fab workout routine in a much more negative light in hindsight, like even more so. Mm -hmm. Because they were towing a line already to begin with that a lot of sitcoms at the time were doing for cheap, lazy humor. Yeah. But uh, this is the first time where Corey in the house really commits to it on a level where like something like Family Guy or Two and a Half Men would. Definitely. Yeah, and it's there's there's no sensitivity to it whatsoever, um, and there's zero research done for sure, um, and they just they went for it. They went really big, and it it shows that when they boomer moments go crumbled. wrong. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Mina is our uh, like what uh, commentator. Answer? Yeah. Commentator? Yeah. And so she introduces this whole shindig. Uh, Candy is also there with her. Candy is just going to say a lot of things about like, oh, I don't care about Corey. Uh, I'm Let's not worried about there. Corey. Yeah. Um, 
so that's like how she initially starts. Uh, we meet uh, our first dynamic duo, a Corridor and Neutonio Magnifico. Right. Um, Red, I thought I had the line written down. I um, Do you have it? I do have This is the problematic line we're referring to, correct? Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so as, New- it's as Newt and Corey come out, correct? Mm-hmm. Mina says, judging by their tights and capes, we're ready for some real mano a mano action. Yeah. Uh, followed by laugh track. Yeah. And her uh, delivery so- clearly insinuating that Corey and Newt are gay. And that's, yeah. that's essentially the joke. There's no that, that, actual that's the humor. humor. Yeah. Um, so that's what they give us. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I listened to it. I went back and listened to it twice because I wanted to get I also like, went back and listened to it twice because I didn't believe what I yeah. saw. Um, and it's, if it weren't followed by the laugh track, I could at least sit here and be like, oh, it's like probably not the best choice of words here. Well, um, I thought about but, it and I, I tried to find an interpretation that was more friendly, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't get to it. Yeah. It just seems like colloquially, this is clearly what the joke is meant to be. Yeah. And I mean, again, this is coming from the same episode where earlier we had uh, Corey get his hand kissed by Juan Carlos and that was a joke in and of itself as well. Yeah, both of them freaking out and disgust y- about yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, and this is just the intro. This is just the intro to this uh, yeah. wrestling match. And so we get these two. Uh, and then uh, Juan Carlos, uh, El Diablo, Elmore. And I will not um, do what Mina does, but essentially the writers decided to have her say, introduce Juan Carlos, and then uh, uh, have her do the like I, 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 um, oh, right thing. Like, I, I don't. I, don't even I, I don't know enough about it to know if it means something or uh, why it's there. I I think in this instance it's just like uh you know showmanship sports yeah in sense. But with Mina, it's always uh it's never a safe bet to quote her directly. Yeah, uh, and so then we get El Toro Tito. So this is one Carlos's partner, um, or the teeny weeny bull. He's 12 years old. He's 12 years old. This, the reveal here, this, <laughs> this didn't make you laugh, Red? This did make me laugh, this but this is funny. also like a joke in a shitload of sports comedies. Yes. So it's, so, not, it's not a super original joke, but it's funny. It's, well, for me, it was the presentation. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like the joke itself, you're right. It's a very overused joke, but it was the presentation and then what we got from it. The so, super tall pot-bellied guy in the, yeah. bull, in the BDSM bull costume. <laughs> Yeah, so Corey turns around. He's like, he hears the name. He's like, oh, a teeny weeny bull. This is going to be easy. He says, that's Newt. And then they turn, the like camera pans out and we see, uh, as Ren just described, this man in a full black, like, costume, <laughs> leather cap, and then bull horns. And he doesn't say anything, but we get a lot of grunting from him. A lot, a lot of grunting and, like, guttural moaning. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so now we get, this is the first hint of what the hell Newt is talking about. Newt turns to Corey and says, ah, don't worry about it. The bigger they are, the slower their thumbs. Right. Uh, the bull then growls at them. The wrestling match begins. And Newt approaches thumb first. Right. 
so now we are we understand what he's talking about. Uh, Newt thinks that this is a thumb wrestling match. But Corey was describing a dumb wrestling match. Oh. But Newt doesn't dumb wrestle. No, he only thumb wrestles. Oh my gosh. So naturally, Tori Tito picks up Newt and tears him apart. <laughs> yeah. Just rips him in half clean. Oh my gosh, it was so graphic, but, you know, it needed to happen. Have you seen yeah. The Dark Knight Rises? I have seen The Dark Knight Rises. It's like when uh, Bane breaks Batman's back. When yes. Tori Tito breaks Newtonio's back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. And then the, the part where... um where a teeny weeny bull well El, El Tortito takes Newt's thumb and rips it like off <laughs> like I was like Cory in the house this is wild but I'm here for it no wonder uh, they got cancelled yeah so yeah so uh, Newt learns the hard truth he gets spun around and thrown against the fence he learns it's th- uh, Cory said dumb wrestling not thumb wrestling and now Newt's like, all right, I'm ready to leave this this situation. And Corey runs around the, the ring, refusing to tap Newt out. Bryce, if mm. I were in the ring fighting okay. Corey Tito, oh my gosh. and I begged you to tap out, oh, would you flee from me like a coward? Ah, uh, <laughs> it's so, uh, it would be a selfless act for me to go up against <laughs> Tortito, after you had been spun around on top of his head and then thrown against the side, the spin of uh, doom. I think I, I, I would do it, but I think that there's a chance that I wouldn't make it out of the ring. You're a good friend, Bryce. Yeah, I wouldn't want because well, how long does it go on? Does it just keep going until Corey taps out? I guess it's it's until you give up or you die. Yeah. Okay. And would Newt die for Corey? I think Newt wouldn't. Newt wouldn't want to die for Corey, but Corey could trick Newt into dying for him. Yes, Corey. Uh, Newt would say something like, "I don't want to die," and then Corey would say, "No, but you do want chocolate." And then Newt would say, "Oh yeah," <laughs> but you and don't want to live. Oh yeah. right. <laughs> oh yeah. So um. Then Juan Carlos starts to mock Corey, saying that uh, Corey's name should really be El Pollo, um, and starts like balking at him, making chicken sounds. Uh, Newt uh, says the funny line of "He uh, may, uh, what is it? He may be El Pollo, but he's no chicken." And the audience laughs, and we get a mm-hmm. shot of the crowd laughing. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's a fun dynamic to this scene, right? Is that you get the audience of the the match here for the entire thing right um and they're reacting they say awes at one point they're into it um they're ready to watch the boy who climbed into a cage with a bear get beaten down and Corey then hides behind uh juan carlos for a little bit uh he like so Corey eventually taps in uh, he like hides behind Juan Carlos, says, uh, I'm your shadow, and Juan Carlos keeps turning around and can't find Corey. Because in that moment, Juan Carlos truly believed that Corey actually was his shadow the whole time. Yeah, um, I want to break this down just for a second. Yeah. This, 
this moment here. This this would work on a dog potentially, but I don't see it working on a human. At least not as long as it worked on Juan Carlos. I mean, think of it like this: you're in the mm-hmm. ring, you're all disoriented from the action. Suddenly, your opponent starts telling you that he is your shadow. Why you have no reason not to trust him, <laughs> right? Why would he lie? Yeah, you're. You can, at that point, you can only assume that your your opponent just simply became your shadow, and that that is yeah. Maybe it happens. happened to Juan Carlos before, and he's used to it. <laughs> uh, what does it happen to Peter Pan? Like Peter Pan syndrome? No, no, no. no. What? No, no, no. Peter Pan like loses his boy? shadow. Oh no, Peter no, no, no. Shadow. All right. Yeah, he like loses his shadow, right? He, yeah, his his shadow's mean. He plays tricks. And then he like has to like glue him back on or something. He like staples it, I think. Ouch. Yeah, it's like a whole deal. Yeah. If That's I hook, he has the hook, it's stapled on. It's yes, so it doesn't the shadow of the hook doesn't go wandering off. Yeah. Candy is going to now scream at Juan Carlos because uh Juan Carlos picks up Corey over the head and goes for the spin of doom, spinning Corey around. Candy's like, put him down. And so Corey's then thrown onto a table. Right. Very... So you forgot one little detail. Yeah. what I forget? Juan Carlos asks, what did you eat for lunch? I don't get it. Like, right cause he's he going to first... spin him and then he's going to throw up. Well, I assumed Corey was going to vomit after, but it never happened. Yeah. Probably too gross for Corey in the house. <laughs> probably too sick. But why include the line of Juan Carlos asking him what he ate for lunch? I don't know. Yeah, Corey doesn't even say, like, I'm going to be sick, right, while he's being spun. He doesn't say, he just, like, he's, once he's down, he's, Mm -hmm. like, a little bit dizzy, and then he's back to normal. Because I didn't even make the connection until you just said it. I I thought it was a strange line. No, he asks that right as he's about to spin As he's going for the spin of doom. Um, But Corey falls on a table. Which is, like, very Corey in the House-esque. I feel like I've seen him fall on a table multiple times. It's been a while since we've seen him fall, though. Yeah. It's always good. You see that ragdoll Corey? <laughs> brought out brought out from the prop closet and thrown down on top of something. Yeah, so Juan Carlos... Uh, he wins. Juan Carlos obviously wins. Not even close. Candy apologized to Corey and admits to Candy he was jealous. Um... Everyone watches the conversation with Juan Carlos and Corey, where Juan Carlos uh, tells Corey, you've won the greatest prize, El Corazon del uh, Dolce. <laughs> Corey says, yeah. I won a car? Can you, I, I just, you know, I just can't buy candy being the ultimate prize. Yes. I really can't. Should Corey have cut his losses here? <sighs> Corey should have just accepted that candy leaving him for juan carlos was a net positive right at the gate mm-hmm. i mean like and honestly good for everyone involved i don't know why candy wants to go back to Corey. yeah right all Corey did was prove how much of a jackass he is yeah there um, was no lesson there was no moral he didn't learn anything he's not better he still sucks his relationship <laughs> is still undefined nothing has changed he's still the same shitty Corey baxter he was last week he was 31 weeks ago, and he'll be two weeks from now. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel about Corey. This I, episode, all I was This episode accomplished nothing. Well, all I was going to say was Corey would rather get punched in the face than um, 
tell Cor- uh, tell Candy that he's jealous. Yeah, good point. Like I guess. he he would go to that length rather than just say, "Yeah, I'm a little jealous." Um, Newt gets his thumb wrestle in and beats a uh, little bull. A victory for Newt, Newtonio. Yeah, he's still undefeated. <sighs> this end scene felt nice. I actually really like these Corey and Sophie outros. Yes. We've had and like two if, or three of them. If the show continued, I can imagine these would have become a staple and probably would have remained the strongest part of the show. Yes. Uh, For whatever so, reason, when they get these two characters together in this setting, everything mm-hmm. just coalesces. You want to know why? It's because Sophie's a good actress. That's true. Um, it's a good actress. In this scene, she isn't tanked by Haley and Tanisha. Um, and she's allowed to actually like have fun with it and they allow her to actually interact with principal cast members that's true they gave sophie her own supporting cast and have not let her get away from it no no uh and so and also we barely got any victor this week as well he's in one right? scene. speaking of which and wasn't he only in one scene last week he was yeah well yeah. rondell saw the sinking ship and swam away <laughs> like good but I, I gotta go to a clippers game so <laughs> i gotta be out of here yeah so they um this end scene is just like them recapping pretty much how yeah, the other we've one. We've done this a few times now. Yeah. Uh, so not much really to say here. Um, there's one pink cupcake left. Sophie's like, oh, want to wrestle for it? So they decide to do a thumb wrestle as Martinez walks through, sees the cupcake and takes it and walks away. What a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even care. This man, he, <laughs> he lives in his own world. He does not acknowledge the existence of others. <laughs> Oh, President Likey is what he said as he took the pink cupcake. Licking the frosting off his fingers. Mm-hmm. He only eats a little bit of it before dropping no. it on the ground, frosting first. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right, Ren. Um, the episode's over. We made it through Macho Libre. We have 42 minutes left of Corey in the house. It feels unreal. Mm-hmm. We made it what um we don't do uh bud anymore nothing to look forward to what is our rose from this episode what's the best thing the best thing newt was great tonight got a default to newt the newt yeah. standard <laughs> and what's what's significant about newt being funny tonight is that he actually wasn't that funny the last few times he's been around yep it yeah, felt he, like he, the writing for newt has been worse I, I think truly because Jason Dolly has been busy with other projects during this era. But this felt like he was actually around and could, you know, participate. Yeah. Uh, I would, I, I'm going to give it to um, El Toro Tito. <laughs> he was just uh, very briefly on screen, but I just really liked him. I liked that he was this giant character who just grunted and made like random sounds at Newton Corey and that Newt was really not scared no as well Newt was unintimidated uh he was he was feeling good and ready to fight this giant bull for his friend Corey <laughs> so what was the worst part Ren? Martinez yeah Martinez and it would have been the repeating scenes but I think Martinez's behavior is just getting worse and worse Mm-hmm. he's just he's not a president i can respect no 
he, he's done nothing to earn our respect. Of, for me, I think my thorn is that based on how it ends, we will see more candy. Oh, that's, I feel like that's a given. Yeah. Uh, I really want candy gone. We have two episodes left and by like, I will flip out if candy dominates the last episode. Corey. Oh my God. I called you Corey. Oh no. (laughs) That is the worst thing that has ever happened to me. I'm so sorry. Yes. Call me Bryce, call me Corey. We're one in the same. We're very similar in our personality traits. Oh, Bryce, I'm sorry. Ren, if you ever started another podcast, uh, I would rather go get punched in the face than admit that I'm jealous. Corey and your other podcast. Corey in the house. Uh, What were you going to say to me, Bryce? (laughs) Bryce, uh, so, not only is there a good chance that Candy will be the main focus of our next two episodes, mm-hmm. Newt is not in our next episode. No. This is our uh, second to last appearance for Newt. Tragic. At least he brought the thunder. Yeah. He did bring the thunder here. Um, okay, let's do we want to rate Martinez or do reviews? Let's, let's rate Martinez first. Okay. Uh, so he's definitely in the negatives. Um, he is, uh, as of our Hannah Montana episode, he's at negative 245. It's a lovely place to sit. Uh, this week he did piss off a uh, the same, same parents who he's already pissed off. So I don't know if it's anything new, but it is further pissing them off, right? I think it'll make their anger louder. Yeah, Sophie's going to need to transfer. For sure. Mm-hmm after this uh so what are we thinking i'm thinking minus 25 percent yeah so um what, you said percent we're kind of not dealing in percentages <laughs> anymore as we uh go into from negative 245 to negative two what is that negative two uh 70 i guess yeah so wow. all right let's see if we can get a 300 by the end of the series i bet you we will I, I have no doubt. He don't. It's two episodes. Um, <laughs> I think he will definitely make it there in two weeks. Unless you imagine he has a good week. I imagine he has two more chances mm-hmm. to do anything productive for America. Just one thing. Uh, Ren, any reviews for Macho Libre? Yes, actually, and it's a bit of a sad occasion. This is the last VG Freak Eight review. Uh after this, uh, nothing. And the funny thing about this review is that on TV.com, it has two downvotes and no upvotes. It is by far VG Freak 8's most <laughs> engaged review yet, and people hate it. <clears throat> VG Freak 8 gave this episode an 8 out of 10. Title, Moderately Entertaining. Corey is jealous of Juan Carlos because he is hitting on Candy. Juan Carlos challenges him to a wrestling match after Corey pretends he is one. Newt is Corey's partner, but Newt thinks that it's a thumb wrestling match. Candy pretends not to be worried for Corey as Corey pretends not to be jealous of Juan Carlos. Corey loses, but he gets Candy in the end. Sophie and her friends make a singing group for the talent show, but they break up after a fight. They get back together thanks to the president, but they don't have a song ready. This episode was good. It taught valuable friendship lessons, which is good, but it was so weird. I give it an 8.5 out of 10. 
8.5? That's a series wrap for VG Freak 8. VG Freak 8. That's also not before he gave it. He gave it an 8. I didn't know that we'd be making friends along the way. I didn't know we'd be losing them. Yeah. Kind of sad to see him go. How amazing will it be if we get to Full House and he's written reviews for it? Oh, I just spoiled. I was gonna, I was gonna give the big reveal. I'll cut this out. Okay, yeah, please. So we can give a bigger reveal than. I can't believe it. Um. <laughs> all right. Um. Any other reviews? That's it, unfortunately. Wow. VG Freak Eight, we love you. Thank you for everything, and they will never know how much of an impact they've made on our lives, Ren. Unfortunately not, but uh, I hope through some chance they eventually find this podcast and listen to every single episode. Mm-hmm. And learn that their review from many years ago has been publicly read. I mean, if you think about it, there's a higher chance of VG Freak 8 listening to this than anyone else on the planet, since he actually took the time to review <laughs> virtually every episode mm-hmm. of Cory in the House. Yes. Um, all right, so the last thing we have to do um, is to rate the episode, Ren. What are we going to rate Macho Libre? Bryce, I'm going to give this episode a screaming 2 out of 10. <laughs> screaming 2 out of yes. 10. Yes, <laughs> it's yelling at the top of its lungs. <clears throat> all right, uh, so Macho Libre. I would up, um, let's see, uh, did I, go? I would up a tiny bit. Uh, relatively recently, I think. Yeah, I was at 3.5 for a little bit. Uh, I'm bringing it back to a 3. All right. Point oh. um, and you went to it with a 2? Went with a 2. So your reviews uh, have gone 4.32. So you've wow. gone down. Well, I, I've, I've gone up and down a little bit. but I uh, um, Maybe next episode can get a 1 and the finale can get a 0. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah. That, I can't believe that we're two episodes away from like the finale of Cory in the house and the fact that i don't think it knows that it's a finale is gonna make the episode like i think that much is gonna make me that much more critical of the episode definitely yeah because i'm gonna know it's the finale i'm gonna know it's the end and it'll probably have no idea no not at all so um all right so the what we have here to do it's june 20th you and i can reveal publicly now um we'll say it on here and then we'll probably make like a post or something announcing it yeah uh for what show you and i are going to watch all of and podcast each week about a different episode of next that's right bryce and uh our audience better ready to have mercy (laughs) (laughs) oh atlanta right oh Uh, my atlanta Oh my, <laughs> Atlanta is the uh, Donald Glover hit FXX series. We're definitely not watching that one. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? What else uh, do they say? Uh, uh, you got it, dude. You got you got it, dude. Cut and it out. Out. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. So uh, that's right. So uh, you may have guessed it from what we've been saying. Uh, we are going to watch every single episode of, uh, should I insert? I don't know if I can insert a drum roll. I can, uh, I can do a little drum roll. Okay. Yeah. Run. 
Is that it? That's it. Okay. Uh, we're going to watch uh, Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. That's right. <laughs> and what wow. a relief. I what a believe. genuine relief. There is a light at the end of this tunnel. And it's Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. I'm so glad we're not doing three and a half years of Full House. I I don't know. We would have. I think we would have made it, but we would have made it out as different people. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I would have had no way. I would have had no pride at all. And I like casually dropping that, like that this podcast exists to people in conversation, um, uh-huh. just to like see some kind of like reaction of like, wow, that's a thing that that exists, or like that's a thing that you do. Um, I would not have been proud at all to say that I podcast about Full House. I think eventually we would have accepted Lori Laughlin's money and had her on the show. That that would have been the only way to keep us going. <laughs> wow, I, I'm so excited. Me too. About Disney Classified. Yeah. Um, I can't wait. It'll three be weeks. so good. In three weeks, Ren, you and I will be discussing the first episode of Nedzy Classified School Survival Guide. It's gonna be so interesting. Mm-hmm. It's it's what three seasons? I uh, I think two. I think it's two seasons, but I'm pretty sure that they're long seasons. I might be wrong though. Um, I definitely have two. Maybe I have three DVDs. I'm not sure. I have I have the show on DVD. It's three um, seasons split across 54 episodes. Okay, I think maybe I have. Um, I think two and three are on the same DVD set or something yeah. like that. Then, but. Yeah, it's going to be good for sure. Um, and we're going to go with Bryce and Ren and Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. That's right. We are not keeping in the house. Yes. Um, just for clarity's sake, we figured it would be a lot more confusing about what our podcast is if we were Bryce and Ren and Ned in the house versus Bryce and Ren and Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. This makes it clear right from the get-go that we're yes. discussing Ned and the fact that we did Corey in the house is not really relevant to the fact that we're discussing Ned's now. No. Um, will we look fondly upon these days? Upon the Corey days? Yeah. I definitely think we we will. And there will be some, some weeks we look back on fondly. And I'm sure, you know, our Survivor Night and the live episodes will always think back with mm-hmm. genuine fondness. Yeah, speaking of Survivor, but, uh, I, I would love to do, at one point, um, Ned's versus Corey. Um, yeah, I, something I regretted that we didn't do this season was another uh, guest character ranking, but this season hasn't really been good with using the supporting cast. Correct. Yeah, that, it, I, I'm sure you noticed, but I completely dropped um, spending time looking into them because they're just, there's no gold there. There's nothing. No. So, um, all right. So... There it is. We're very excited and so ready to do that. Um, But otherwise, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Like us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, And otherwise, I hope that you all have a great rest of your day. Live from ringside, this is Renan Fontes saying Shagadesh. (laughs) Take care, everyone. Bye. Grayson Randy learns some electric guitar.